T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. In Overnight America's live for another hour, we hope that you could join us. I would really like it if you do that. 314-436-7900. If you noticed abandoned cars downtown St. Louis... I saw Fox 2 did a story on it, and I was reminded very quickly about all the issues that we have with people breaking into cars there for a while. There was a big epidemic of that. I mean, it's just you see a car with a bullet hole sitting on the side of the road, and you wonder, why is that allowed to just sit there for so long? I don't get it. So they decided to do a story on it. They talked about an abandoned car, North Tucker near Washington, which is very close to our building. KMOX is on Tucker and Olive, so you just go a couple of blocks to the south on Tucker, and then you're there on Olive. And then there it is, Washington Avenue, near uh, on Tucker near Washington. You got yourself a car with bullet holes. And I would drive by that going into the building, going into KMOX. I don't know if I would have noticed it, but if you are someone that walks the area or you're someone that drives by there every day, you probably notice these things. Luckily, I'm still working from the comfort of my own basement, so I don't get to see all of these things. But that would scare me. Imagine if that was your welcome to St. Louis. You just came in off the Musial Bridge or whatever, and you come down Tucker. You're going to go downtown, find things to do or whatever it is. And there it is, car riddled with bullet holes. Oh, that's a great, how do you do? If that's not the type of billboard that is St. Louis, then I can't think of one right now until they fix some of these problems. Here's Fox 2. They did a story on it. No bumper, no plates, but plenty of bullet holes in this car abandoned on North Tucker. He could have made that into a poem. There's, I'm sure there's an ending to that. No bumper, no plates, but plenty of bullet holes in this car abandoned on North Tucker. He could have said something. It's uh, plenty of reasons not to be late. No plates, not late. Uh, I'm going to have to workshop that a little bit more. A downtown resident snapped pictures of it in mid-October. Finally, this tow warning sticker appeared saying it would be towed October 26th. Sometimes they, they do sit on the side of the street for, um, for sometimes weeks at a time. Downtown resident Dan Pister has documented examples like this one that appeared to be wrecked and this one parked way off the curb in a no parking zone. Ugh. He says both remained there for weeks. Isn't that something? How does that work? It, it, you're in St. Louis and you park in a spot and your back wheels aren't at the curb and they'll ticket you 25 bucks for that. 
But then again, your car is off a no parking zone curb by about two feet and it sits there forever and nothing happens. I don't get that. How in the world do parking enforcement work in, in the city of St. Louis if, if they're going to find you and they're going to give you a ticket? Like even outside of our window at Camo X, we can look out the window and we can see the Soldiers Memorial, the World War Memorial that's out there. And you're looking out, and there's people sometimes they'll be parking on the street for events that are happening just down the road, a blues game or something's happening, a concert, something like that. And then people will park on the side of the road. And what happens? Meter maids will work overtime. They'll show up during those special events and ticket people. That's what they do. They'll go out of their way to do it. But you got a car that's way off the curb in a no parking zone? Oh, no, we'll just leave that. No big deal. We'll just keep that going. Car riddled with bullet holes? Eh. No bumper, no license plate. Ah, that's fine. Let it be. I don't get that. I, I feel like they go out of their way to give people a hard time with these things, and it drives a lot of people crazy. And then things like this just go unnoticed, or uh, they don't care. They signal kind of a sense of disorder, or that some sort of some sort of chaotic crime or event had 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 occurred. Then there's this car that's not even claimed by the registered owner. We know because we checked. The Missouri Department of Revenue connected us with the man who told me I sold that car. He continued to say, I checked with a guy who I sold it to, and he says he sold it again. He doesn't know who owns it now or why they didn't register it, adding, this summer, University City Police called to say they towed it after an arrest. Ugh, how does that, does that put you in trouble? You're like, I don't own the car. Can you just claim you don't own the car even if the registration was never turned over? I'm trying to remember, I've done a private sale before. You fill out a, a document that says, here, I'm transferring everything over to you. I can't remember if you have to send that to the DMV independently or if it's the burden of the person that's purchasing it that would do that. I guess technically, do you still own the car if none of that was taken? Could you just like repossess it and send it to the chop shop or can you send it to a junkyard? Or are you responsible if they tow it somewhere? How does that work? I don't know. But it's a mess. It's just a mess. That could explain part of the problem because Fox 2 has learned St. Louis police are often required to leave a suspect's vehicle on the street. Police tow policy states that in the handling of an arrested person's vehicle, if the vehicle is not stolen, wanted, or required as evidence, the suspect has the option to leave his, her vehicle parked at the curb. That does not explain how vehicles like this one can remain parked illegally for weeks. We reported. Now that's the bullet hole car. They go right back to it and they just do close-ups of these bullet holes and it looks exactly like the movies. It's just like twisted metal where the paint's chipped right around it, where the bullet made contact. And they just show it and you can look right into it. You can stick your thumb in these things, you know, they're pretty big. We reported it to the mayor's office and it was finally towed right after our call. A spokesman added, they have been addressing this problem with the streets department working collaboratively with police for months to tow about 200 cars from downtown. Yeah, I don't know. Do you feel like they're more... They're faster to fill potholes or faster to pull cars off the road. I don't know. But we also live in a city where enforcement when it comes to no plates, expired plates, fake plates, things like that, go completely ignored over and over and over again. 
that happened. How many times have you been driving on any of the freeways and there's a dude going about 105 miles an hour flying by you with no plates or a temporary plate flapping in the wind and you know the thing is completely expired? Why do things like this, it's, it, these car enforcement things, they just get completely ignored all the time? I don't get it. Unless it's you and you decide to park downtown and not realize that, oh, on this curb you have to back in instead of pull in and no, you're going to get a, fi- a ticket now for it, fined for it. You know, they'll, they'll do it to you. Don't get me wrong. You know, you're doing everything legal, everything you can to be legal. But, oh, they'll give you a hard time. But, oh, no, no, no. If you're going to park two feet off the curb, leave it there abandoned for a while. No worries. <laughs> it's so frustrating. 314-436-7900. I'm glad the Fox Files got onto this. It, uh, it's, it needed to be said. This is Overnight America, KMOX. Listening to KMOX has never been easier. Siri, play KMOX. Welcome back to Overnight America. Yeah, we've had some interesting hours today. In fact, if you wanted to go back on the podcast, you can check those out. But we also will be replaying those. We have the replay hours after midnight. So if you want to hear from our guests talking about embarrassing moments, trying to uh, talk about those to kids, that'll be a nice one. I think you'll enjoy that. We'll also talk about reuniting uh, the states. It's a documentary that's part of the St. Louis International Film Festival. He's a director of the documentary, and you can go screen that. Those are the two interviews that you'll get coming up after midnight, or you can just go get it right now if you really want to. So I had a couple of tech stories I wanted to talk about. 314-436-7900 is a number if you want to talk tech. But over in Europe, Amazon's getting in trouble. Europe is notorious for not messing around when it comes to different violations, and they've done it to Google, for example. So to go back a few years ago, they filed an antitrust or was it? No, no, no. Unfair practices or uh, I forgot what the exact thing is. But essentially what they said was it's unfair that you could go to Google and they tried to encourage you to buy products from them and discourage you from buying them from other people. They said that was an unfair practice. So Google fought it and they ended up losing. I think their fine was like a billion dollars or something along those lines. But it was really it was important to point out a few things. When these big tech companies say that, oh, no, we cannot manipulate our search engines because, oh, it's just the way that they're built and the technology it is. No, no, no. We don't discourage things or, you know, conservative thoughts. uh, There's no way we could possibly do that. It's just not built into the way we operate. Well, I'm just going to point back to what got them in trouble in Europe. They were manipulating their searches to give preferential treatment to some vendors, including themselves, and discouraging others. So they were using that as a way to try to make extra money. And Europe said, no, uh-uh, not allowed to do that. Now, Amazon is being charged in Europe for using data to squeeze their rivals. Now, this could very much well uh, turn into another situation where there's it's a Google. You know, they'll get fined based on how they do business in Europe. Now, other anti competitive type of lawsuits from major companies have failed in other countries. Like here in the United States, I think they tried to do the same thing, but it failed based on what our laws are. They didn't break any laws. But in Europe, it's a different thing because they keep the standard of privacies and keeping digital companies in check a lot higher in some of these European countries, which I am not opposed to. So the European Union charged Amazon with damaging retail competition alleging that the U.S. company uses its size, power, and data to gain an unfair advantage over smaller merchants that sell on its own platform. 
So just in general, you can, without trying to debate if it's wrong for them to do this or right for them to do this, do you believe that Amazon has uh, uses an unfair advantage to merchants on their own platform? Now, yeah, of course. I, I think Amazon in general wants you to buy from them. That's the whole idea. They want to make money on this. But if they open up the marketplace on their platform for other people to step in and they open it up in a way that's meant to uh, allow them to make a you know little bit of a profit off of what someone else is buying, you know, oh, we'll take a little cut of it, but you get to use our system for doing it, then some people decide to do that. Well, if Amazon then still discourages the user, makes it unfair for them, is that something that the government should step in and try to even the playing field? Well, some people would say it's Amazon's platform. They can do whatever they want with it. But in places like Europe, no, uh, the government do step in on things like this. So they say with online sales soaring during the lockdowns, the European Commission is investigating their position as both a marketplace for merchants and a rival seller. So now you're saying that, yeah, you are a marketplace, but now you are the competition. Can you squash your own competition legally? And if that's the case, is this sort of like a monopoly situation as big as Amazon has gotten? Regulators looked at how they collect data from competitors to sell on their platform in, in order to use it against them. That's such an evil thing, isn't it? Amazon's like, oh, come on, do our website, sell your stuff. Oh, you'll make so much money. We'll just take a small cut, but oh, you'll be so profitable. We'll open it up to millions of customers you never would have had. And then Amazon, at least what the European Union is <laughs> alleging, they take that data from their competitors and then they use it against them to try to squish and kill their competitors. It's pretty lousy. <laughs> oh, please come on. Use our platform. We're just going to use it to slowly choke you to death. Well, I don't know exactly. No, says Amazon represents less than 1% of the global retail market. There are larger retailers in everywhere, uh, they say. So they're not really the worst offender. They can't be the worst offender. They're saying, oh, only, only 1%. Uh, I don't know. They're pretty big, uh, all things considered. I wouldn't try to minimize Amazon in their footprint. I think that's kind of uh, not true, right? The, to downplay the impact and the size of a place in a website like Amazon. Uh, so that was on Reuters reporting that one. This is from the Wall Street Journal. They did a write-up on something else. I don't know if this is scary or not. This, this, since we're talking tech, I like talking tech. This is fun. Tech heads are now looking to the future. And that future is looking bright for inserting your own ads. So targeted ads are going to be coming to network television soon. Nielsen, which is a company that uh, does television ratings, things like that, looks to make targeted advertising widespread on television. This is scaring some people, and it should scare some people. Um, so this is what they've been trying to do. Targeted advertising is something that's used a lot in podcasting. They call it dynamic ad insertion. On TV, if you were to stream a television show, you probably have seen the same thing too. And this is how it works. Like on television, if you were to go on to your Hulu or something, and you, there's an ad or you go to an app that's from one of the major networks, the ABCs, the NBCs, the CBSs, if you were to watch a show on there, what they do is they have advertising that's, inserted into the show and normally that is done at the point of when you're watching it on television so they have the ability to put whatever they want in front of you in real time so if they want to put an ad for a 
political whatever during the election. Someone comes in and says, hey, we want to buy a million dollars worth of ads. Get in front of all these people in St. Louis, Missouri as fast as possible. They'll say, yes, sir. And they'll put the order in. The next thing you know, before you know it, these ads are in front of people. Anytime they try to load up the show, it's inserted in. It's not the ads that would have aired if you were to watch it on television. It's separate. It's specifically done through the technology in order to get the fresh ads in front of you, something new, something that's right there and done. But that's not something they have been able to do in the past when it comes to you watching over-the-air television. So if you're watching TV and you're watching Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune, it's the ads that were purchased and put through the network. It's shown to everyone at the same time everywhere, the network ads. Well, this is starting to change. Direct TV ads are starting to come into place where you could be watching your Wheel of Fortune. Turn on the wheel. And you want to try to play along or Jeopardy or whatever during the day. Or you're watching Steve Harvey or Judge Judy. I don't know what you watch. Uh, I'm not judging. And then as you're watching it, they start to learn a profile of you because you're watching it on a smart TV. That's interesting. So now they know because you were on Google earlier that you were searching for laundry detergent. Oh, you needed you're thinking about switching brands because you don't like the way your laundry detergent smells. It's it's too blue. Why does it need to be so blue? Uh, Get that blue laundry detergent. I want a new laundry detergent. And so you're Googling and you're looking and you're reading reviews. You're doing your thing and then you get tired of that. Because after all, there's only so much you can do when you're looking at laundry detergent on the internet. And then you go down and you try to watch your Judge Judy. And you sit down and the first ad is laundry detergent. How could they do that? How could they know? Is it like they're following you? Well, yes, they are following you. Wall Street Journal says now that this uh, technology is starting to come out, this will start happening on their live over-the-air TV shows now. They can directly target you with an ad to super direct things right your way. Now, this is something that is kind of scary, but it's also something pretty exciting for the advertising industry because these targeted ads are ways for them to make lots of money because you can get a big ad rate if it's targeted for someone, and then you don't have to worry about spending these giant ad dollars for blanketing just an entire group of people that may have no interest in your product and never will have interest in your product. Much more targeted is kind of like you have on internet ads or all of these things that these big tech companies like Google or Facebook and Twitter and all them are doing. Pretty exciting stuff. Does that scare you a little? They know too much about you. This is what I would be scared about. Imagine you're Googling something that's meant to be private. So you're looking at a gift for your wife or maybe you're looking at, like, I don't know, just just let your imagination run wild. And please, if you're thinking the worst, don't do it. But I'm sure some people understand what I'm talking about. Well, imagine you turn on the TV and those are the type of ads you start getting. Isn't that something that you think, oh boy, that could be real embarrassing, right? Or what if you're looking at, you know, jewelry for your wife or, you know, for your husband, you're looking at power tools or whatever that may be. And then the ads start popping up and, oh, the jig is up. Now they know what you're searching. The surprise is gone. Or worse, they come to the wrong conclusion because they think it was something that you were searching where it really wasn't. You know, imagine how embarrassing it is. Uh, Honey, what were you looking at earlier? What's this ad doing on our TV? Yeah, that could be bad too. There's a lot of scenarios I can see that we're not working out. All right, uh, we got a couple of more minutes here. Two more segments left this hour before we go to the replays. I had a couple of other 
tech stories that I thought were pretty interesting. But you know what I also have? Um, apparently, Facebook and some of these big companies are very concerned with Joe Biden becoming president because they know the government's going to go after the big social networks. I don't necessarily see that as a bad thing either. I really don't have much sympathy when it comes to government intervention to these social media networks. Really none. I mean, they've really abused their powers. I mean, a huge, massive abuse of privacies, individual privacies. So, eh, go ahead, let the government look into it. doesn't bother me one bit. A couple of other things, too, from the politics side. Joe Biden, you may have heard this in the news. There's a couple of things going on there with him speaking out about the whole process and how this was going. Mitch McConnell was talking about the right to appeal and where we sit in this election. Right now, I still feel like where we are is exactly where I was before. It's like I'm watching a movie. I just want to skip to the end and see how it goes, just how it finishes out. Go ahead. I'm going to skip to the end. I don't care about the rest of this movie. I just want to know how it ends. Let's just go to the very end of it. Let's just do this right now. And there is at least one Democrat who has come out and said, you know, I'm going to separate myself from some of these pretty far left views from West Virginia. We're going to look at those comments. And it reminds me of something that happened here in Missouri. Maybe we'll do that after the break. It's Overnight America, KMOX. News Radio 1120, KMOX, the voice of the Cardinals. Welcome back to uh, Overnight America. I thought I saved this one clip, so I had to re-record it during the break there real quick. So what I'm going to do is uh, play it back for you. But what ended up happening is that you're starting to see that some of these far-left policies, these uh, ideas that people are trying to push upon the Biden administration— are starting to get pushback from Democrats. And in this case, Steve Manchin, who's a Democrat in West Virginia, is going to be one of the first that I have heard to come out and just reject that. Now, I think that the pressure is on for um, the younger Democrats, the uh, Ocasio-Cortezes of the world, to try to go as far left and crazy as possible. You know, I guess even locally here with Cori Bush saying defund the Pentagon and things. People hear these things and they say, uh, what are you talking about? Like, eh, I'm not on board with that. Even people that would vote for Joe Biden would say, I'm not on board with that. So on Fox News earlier today with Neil Cavuto, they had West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin bring this up. And this is what he had to say about that. Well, there's a lot of people that are concerned. There's a lot of fear tactics are being used right now, Brett. If both of the Georgia uh, senators were elected from the Democratic Party, uh, then that would be 50-50 if... Both Dan Sullivan and Tom Tillis win. 50-50 means there's a tie. But if one senator does not vote on a Democratic side, there is no tie and there is no bill. So I commit to you tonight and I commit to all of your viewers and everyone else that's watching. I want to lay those fears, I want to rest those fears for you right now because when they talk about whether it be packing the courts or ending the filibuster, I will not vote to do that. I will not vote to pack the courts. I think and I will not vote to end the filibuster. Brett, this system, the Senate, was so unique body in the world. It was made to work together in a bipartisan way. And once you start breaking down those barriers, then you lose every, every reason that we are the institution that we are, the most deliberate body. So I want to ra- lay those fears to rest, that that won't happen because I will not be the 50th Democrat voting to end that uh, filibuster or to basically uh, block, uh, stack the court. And then all the other things you're hearing about, Brett, also is defund the police. I don't know of any of the Democrats in the caucus that are for defunding the police. We're not for that whatsoever. And when they talk about basically uh, Medicare for all, 
we can't even pay for Medicare for some. Doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> all right. So he got pushed back from some other Democrats in the House. Uh, Ilan Omar from Minnesota said, stop worrying about progressives. This might be the reason why we didn't win Senate races in Georgia. Well, no, it's, it's because these ideas, these policies, these defund police, defund Pentagon, these type of thoughts. It's because that's widely rejected and they realize that's such a bad and stupid idea inherently dumb that I think even some of the more established Democrats, the ones that are more reasonable, would look at that and say, you know, I'm not afraid to go on record and point out that this is a bad idea. You know what this reminded me of is back when Claire McCaskill was running for Senate reelection here in Missouri and Josh Hawley was the Republican competitor. Claire McCaskill at the very end was really far back in the polls. I mean, far back in the polls. So she started running these ads where, you know, instead of saying Missouri, they'd say Missouri, you know, look, it's very rural. Oh, I'm going to take the rural Missouri area. Most of these areas that would normally vote Republican and you still do. Uh, they look at that and realize and understand that that's not uh, something that is you're not a friend, right? You're, you're just doing that to pander to us. So this ad came out and this is kind of what it reminds me of anymore. Do you remember this one? Well, I don't always agree with Claire McCaskill, but she works hard fighting against those tariffs, doing all those town halls. And Claire's not afraid to stand up against her own party. Yep, and Claire's not one of those crazy Democrats. She works right in the middle and finds compromise, <laughs> especially when it comes to protecting things here in Missouri. I know. Uh, not one of those crazy Democrats. And Claire's not one of those crazy Democrats. She uh, works right in the middle. Claire's not one of those crazy Democrats. One of those crazies. And Claire's not one of those crazy Democrats. Now, that's essentially where... <laughs> Joe Manchin is part of the interview. He said, we've been tagged. If you got a D next to your name, you must be for all the crazy stuff. And I'm not good for him to do that. I mean, that's what people are doing. They're trying to push it as far left as possible. Let me try to pull some clips from yesterday. Um, let's see. Progressive policies winning. This is the representative out of Minnesota. I mentioned that went and spoke against Senator Manchin. This is uh, Representative Omar. Stop worrying about progressive, she says. This is what she said yesterday. We have seen things like increasing the minimum wage win uh, as a ballot measure in Florida while some Democrats lost. We've seen policies like legalizing marijuana win in Montana and other places. Our policies are resonating with the American people. And if our big tent uh, Democratic Party wants to govern on behalf of all Americans, we should have a seat at the table. Now, it goes even further than that. I mean, you look at all the different things that they do try to advocate for, you know, defunding police. Some places they want to decriminalize prostitution and sex work and things. And, you know, oh, if uh, you're caught protesting, you're automatically not charged. So we're going to just drop all charges for certain things. Like doesn't matter if you're out there throwing bricks at police officers. Oh, no, we don't think anyone in the act of protesting should be charged. You know, let's go ahead and uh, legalize not just marijuana. They want to legalize all drugs. A lot of times you find that brought up because they say, oh, there's this stigma uh, that's brought up against drug use. So we need to decriminalize it in order to help with it and things. And no, it's just, it's more than marijuana, economic injustice. So all of a sudden they start talking about uh, 
everything's got to be, you know, equalized. So we they, they go even further down the socialism rabbit hole and they start talking. It's not just the high income earners. They're talking about pretty much everyone. Oh, you got to do this and you got to do that. It's it's more than because they try to make it sound like, oh, it's this really friendly thing of just helping your neighbors out. Oh, no, it's it's a lot more progressive than that. Don't forget, Cory Bush defund the Pentagon. It was so great because Governor Parson was quick to point out, you know, uh, we have that that trillion dollar contracts all over the state of Missouri because of the work that's being done in the defense sector. You even have that one national site being built here in St. Louis and how many millions and billions of dollars will that bring in over the years? So you're talking about removing these things? Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> Billions of dollars lost to Missouri by defunding things. And that's all part of it, the, the, the push for the super progressive. I think even Nancy Pelosi was asked about it today, and she wouldn't separate herself from it because I think she fears that the blowback of doing something sensible will look more Republican. So you can't do that. And the whole idea of the Bernie Sanderses of the world in the the far left people getting into the ear of Joe Biden trying to help shape policies are scary to a lot of people, even Democrats. But, you know, the hate for Donald Trump was a lot more than the want for the policies that are bringing forward. I guess if they get a little bit of socialism, that's better than Donald Trump in some people's eyes. Um, here's another thing, too. The coronavirus relief deal, is there going to be a relief deal? Is there not going to be a relief deal? I think when you're Congress and you look at there being a COVID vaccine that could even start coming out by the end of this month, Dr. Fauci brought that up, could come out at the end of this month. That is impressive. What does that mean? It means that you have a little bit more time. Do you really need another stimulus package? Do you need to get all of this out? Are we going to need more loans? If we don't have to close the economy down, which I we better not close the economy down again. Are we going to need to offer more loans to businesses to stay afloat? Are we going to have to give out more individual uh, monies, uh, $1,200 like we did last time for an adult or 500 per dependent that's on that adult's taxes or whatever it is? Are we going to see more of that? Um, are we going to do it after we file taxes next year? So will it be based on 2020? Um, are we going to have to make more unemployment money available where you're just giving extra money per paycheck if you can't find a job? Or is that unnecessary? Is the employment rate going to continue to get better? I don't know. These are all things that we need to know. But the idea that this vaccine is on the way and it's going to keep people uh, at least out in doing things, contributing, as opposed to staying at home, it gives them a better opportunity to find a job. It gives the business owner a better opportunity to keep the doors open because more people will go out and maybe the restrictions will start getting lifted. Things will feel more like normal. These are all important things. So do you really need a stimulus package after something like that? So Fox Business put this out and they asked the ads, the odds of Congress striking a coronavirus relief deal before January, they say, remains slim. Uh, Fox News projected that Joe Biden and Donald Trump and whoever ended up winning could kind of direct or steer the ship of what would be happening next there. Um, they say, let's see, Stifle or Stiefel, yeah, Stiefel Chief Washington Policy Strategist Brian Gardner wrote uh, analysis on Monday, which is kind of cool. Uh, I didn't realize Stiefel, with all the connections here in St. Louis, may have been contributing to Fox News, too, because, you know, they do their independent on Mark Reardon's show. They give the stock reports, and after the bells ring and the stock market closes, they give those updates here of the local interest stocks. I didn't realize they contributed to other ones, too. That's kind of cool that the, they're uh, working with Fox, but... I'm just going to assume that's the same, but 
They said, we continue to think that a stimulus plan is more likely to pass in January of 2021 than before the end of 2020. So what happens there? Congress has struggled to reach an agreement. They couldn't come up with the money. They had an agreement in place, at least in principle, that they wanted to do something, but they're just couldn't figure out how much money they wanted to spend. You know, the Nancy Pelosi wanted to add an extra trillion onto it. Republicans wanted to take an extra trillion off of it. They said it wasn't necessary, so they were pretty far behind in there. All right, so that's where we sit in that. I like the Claire McCaskill. Where are we with those uh, crazy Democrats? It reminded me of that. So I wonder how many other Democrats may come out and mention these sort of things. When they're against packing the courts. They're against trying to end the filibuster, things like that. Really dangerous things that could happen there. And then it's a, a full-out brawl to try to get popularity back inside of Congress because if you kind of get on the uh, good side, then pretty much you have unlimited power. You're like He-Man, and you're holding up the uh, sword. You're saying, I have the power in front of Grayskull to have anything and anything. That's a little concerning to some people. If you're the party that's opposite of those in power, that really should scare you. This is Overnight America KMOX. Now back to Overnight America on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michaelsflooringoutlet.com. All right. Last segment of Overnight America. And then afterwards, we'll have ourselves... A couple of replay hours, but if you would, go and download some of the podcasts. Just do a search. Uh, we have a link at KMOX.com where you can search wherever you get your podcast for Overnight America. And download a few of the episodes. That would have been great. I'd love for you to do that. Or better yet, even listen to them. Oh, man. So how about uh, this real quick? There's a couple of headlines that I thought was kind of fascinating where we're going with the coronavirus and right now joe biden is planning on taking over and with that a new coronavirus task force and the person that he's looking to lead up the task force has some pretty questionable things in the past that he's said and done so for example uh the person that he's looking to lead off of it according to a report uh profited off of lockdown policies oh that's interesting so it's if you prefer lockdown policies is it perhaps maybe because you're going to make money off of lockdown? Maybe. Okay, some people can question that. The other thing is, he once argued that nobody should live past 75. <laughs> That's a great way to look at it. We'll put you in front of the coronavirus. Oh, you lived enough. You're 76? Ah, you already lived a year longer than you need to, kid. <laughs> also not good. So I see a couple of these different headlines that are popping up here in different reports. <laughs> That's a little concerning. That's why so many people are looking at it and are concerned. But, you know, Dr. Fauci talking about with the vaccine on the way. The other good news, Wolf, that's important is that the type of vaccine that it is, an mRNA vaccine that I've discussed with you in the past, that is not the only company that has it. There's another company, Moderna, which has a, a vaccine very similar, if not identical to this. Their results will be coming out soon. So it is likely that we're going to have more than one vaccine that's effective. And the particular protein that was used, the spike protein of this particular virus, was the object, as it were, of the immune response. What we gave to people to induce that immune response. The fact that that worked with this vaccine harbors very well for future vaccines against COVID. So the news is really good all the way around. This is something that we should really feel good about. But I wanna make sure people understand is that it's good because we know there's light at the end of the tunnel, 
But that doesn't mean that we're going to give up the important public health measures that we continually still have to do every single day. Okay, that's Dr. Fauci on CNN. So it makes you wonder how this is going to play out. I really don't know. Uh, Mike is holding on. Welcome to Overnight America. Hi, Mike, are you there? Yes. How are you oh, doing? Oh, yeah, there you go. Brian. Good. You're up uh, late now, here's what I think. Here's what I think about this stimulus check. I was talking to my wife about it, and I talked to a nice producer lady, and this makes sense if you think about it. This is our opinion. I think they should let this stimulus checks go on for a a half year. I'll tell you why. Catch-up period. And the vaccines is a good idea. They're different ones. And they have ones at 90% guarantee, but that's in a way not good enough. Because what about the other 10%? We need 100% safe. One, if they get sick, we might say, well, 10% is small, but what if we fell in the 10% to get sick from it? So the reason I say a half a year, you got to catch up. When you try to work, you can't make enough hours, you can't pay your rent, and then they want all these eviction notices and nobody has any money. But at least a half a year will give you a chance to catch up, and the businesses need to make their money. Where we're going to go through this right and where business can open again. And I think it would be fair to both sides. At least a half year to catch up. What about your hospital bills, electric bills? So I think stimulus checks for a half a year is great. And what I know by experience, and I work at 70 years old, I would have made more money staying home than I did working, and I didn't have enough money to pay my rent or bills. It's, it's ridiculous. You're trying to pay big rent off of part-time, and you never have enough no fault of their own or mine because it's COVID-19. So I think in all fairness, I think we should con- complete the stimulus checks for at least a half a year. Wait, so how much should the government give out? Are you saying for six months every month you want a new check? Uh, just just have the program, uh, for like, yeah, for like six the months. The unemployment version. Okay, so the unemployment portion of it where you're getting money if you didn't have a job. That's the part you want to see extended. Everybody, because it would be, they couldn't work because no fault of their own. See, because then if you're home, you can at least pay the rent. Now, say you get that thousand, whatever they give you, at least you, can, you might not be able to go out anywhere, but at least you can pay on your rent. The other way, part-time, you're way behind. I'm sure the rent rather have the thousand dollars and a hundred or no money at all when you don't have anything. And, yeah. and also, when you spend money, now there's an argument on it. They say this stimulus checks actually helps the economy because people have to spend. They have the food, hospital bills. It helps it. But that's why right. I say a half year, like a catch up period. Okay. Thanks, Mike. Well, I don't know if the relief is meant to be ketchup. So the I think the relief is meant to make sure you're not out on the street unnecessarily because it's something you couldn't do. But the way that things have been opened up in a lot of different states, it's not as bad as it was at the start of this pandemic. And people are hiring. The economy is doing much better. People and businesses are opened up to a limited capacity. The best thing you can do is to open up things where it's not a limited capacity, meaning all of these businesses can go back to 100% of what they were offering before. And how do you do that? Get that vaccine out, get people shots or whatever it is. So the likelihood of you catching this virus is so much lowered that when the risk is down, you get to open things up closer. 
And that's how you get the things going back on. That's how you get the jobs going back. You can't just keep saying, well, eh, we're just going to have Uncle Sam write some more checks and we're not going to allow you to conduct your own business in the way that you seem fit. That's what's going to make things more difficult, more dangerous. And that's where you got to be careful. All right, that does it for us here on Overnight America. Wow, these weeks go by so quick. So whatever you do the next couple of hours, hopefully, if you want to, you can enjoy the replay hours. We're going to talk about embarrassments. Yeah, things uh, getting embarrassed when you were a kid. We're going to talk about reuniting the states, uh, director of a documentary. Both of those you can find right now online on the Overnight America podcast. We'll be back again tomorrow starting at 8 o'clock. Reach out to me on Facebook. Ryan Recker Radio is how you do it. Have a great night. Enjoy the replays. We'll see you. Bye. With the lonely rain Wishing I could see your face again Change the dial on the radio Find something playing kind of bluesy and slow If things were only like they used to be We'd be lying in love tonight I wish you'd call me has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is kind. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.